You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. So glad you could join. Today we're going to answer some phone calls. That's as much detail as I can give you. If you'd like to participate, phone number is 608-501-0718. That's 0718. If you are a new caller, you go to the front of the line. We do not have any new callers, so Steve, go ahead and kick us off. We're going to hijack the show from Tom. It's all right. Yeah, <laughs> Ready? You've been talking, and again, I'm still in the Greek and God. I'm only about halfway through it. I could be on here a lot of times, man. But halfway through it, and you're talking about the Packers and in our quarterback situation and how we're going to roll, and I want to tell everybody to take a moment of history. This is before your time. I'm about 10 years older than you as I've seen the show. Right. Uh, I remember sitting down watching the 95 Bears win that Super Bowl. When I was 10, 11, 11 years old when that happened. 11, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, I remember the Packers when we had to go through our process from changing quarterbacks. I also remember the process going from changing for quarterbacks for the Niners. And I remember... Steve Young, when he won his Super Bowl, going, get the monkey off my back. (laughs) What I look at us is we're no different than that. Their next quarterback was Jeff Garcia. Jeff Garcia wasn't a bad quarterback. He wasn't great. You know, I'm not Hall of Fame in the guy, but, you know, if you had Jeff Garcia, you you felt pretty confident. He's... He's better than what they got up in Minnesota. <laughs> you know, he could run more. His accuracy was a little better. And the team around him, I thought, was better. I look at us right now with Jordan Love and say, why can't we have a Jeff Garcia situation plus if, if those of us who watch the team and those of us since it's the Packers, if we can say us, who are managing the team, don't look at him like he's another guy that can come in here and produce. He doesn't have to be the best guy. All right? You can go back to Lombardi years. Technically, during that point in time, Starbuck was Starbuck, did I say Starbuck was the best quarterback around. And we had Brett Starr. I know, that's why it threw me. But those two guys, numerically, weren't the same. But Bart Starr won more Super Bowls. So give us another chance. Let this kid come in and let's not put pressure on him. Got to go. I'm almost at three minutes. Bye. Wow, Steve. Covered a lot of ground there. Um, so... I was I was a little confused because for whatever reason I thought you were saying Jeff Garcia was the 49ers around the time of the '85 Bears, um, 
but I guess that was two separate points because I, I looked it up and it said Jeff Garcia was with the 49ers in 1999 through 2003. And I said, yeah, that sounds a little bit more familiar because I was familiar with Jeff Garcia and I felt like it was kind of 2000s, late 90s, and that's that's when it was. Jeff Garcia, um, actually Calgary Stampeders from 94 to 98, 49ers 99-2003, blah, blah, blah. Um, the last place he played was the Houston Texans in 2011. And I think I get your point. I mean, they started off terrible with Garcia. It was Steve Mariucci era, by the way. Um, but in year three of his, I guess, four, they did end up going 12-4. and four. They lost to the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs in the wild card round. The next year, again with Jeff Garcia, um, they went 10-6. and six. This time getting to the second round, they beat the Giants in the wild card before losing horrifically to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The next year, the head coach, uh, did they fire him or did he just retire? I don't know. It would be surprising if they fired him, but I, I, I guess two playoff losses is enough for them. But they went with uh, Dennis Erickson and went 7-9. and nine. But again, assuming the point here is he wasn't a great quarterback but was good enough to get him to the playoffs those couple times. And yeah, I, I do think that's generally the argument for love. With specifically with this system, um, you don't need an elite quarterback. And and to be fair, apparently, even with the Mark, Mike McCarthy system, you don't need an elite quarterback because Dak is not an elite quarterback. And they're a heck of a lot better than we are, despite the fact that we spanked them, which is great. But yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's generally the thought process. Well, love isn't as good as Rodgers. Okay, well, fair enough. I'm not going to say I'm 100% on board with you, especially if you're saying Love can't be as good as Rodgers has been this year. That would actually be rather disappointing, if I'm being honest. But, I mean, Dak and, and the Cowboys, I mean, we what was it, yesterday somebody called in asking about Dak, and I said, yeah, he's like 19th. Look at where the Cowboys are. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, not without their flaws, but I don't think there's any team that isn't without their flaws. If they're not the best team, which I don't think they are, what are they, third, fourth best? And Dak is, is a top 20 quarterback. The point is, there's so many different angles to look at that just, you know, I don't know, it just it doesn't, the idea that at all costs, literally at all costs, make sure you have an elite quarterback. Not that there's anything wrong with having one. It obviously is going to help tremendously. But uh, uh, 49ers having a comeback. Brock freaking Purdy. Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance have been their quarterbacks. The Patriots had a bit of a resurgence. Mac Jones, kind of a terrible quarterback. Chargers, elite quarterback. Team kind of sucks. I think there was a time when the only thing that mattered was having that quarterback. And if you did, you were good. If you didn't, you sucked, with very few exceptions. The best teams are the teams with the best quarterbacks. And even if, you know, you look at Flacco winning a Super Bowl and you're like, that guy didn't, he was still better than some of the quarterbacks that are excelling right now. He was like, what, the Kirk Cousins of the NFL? By the way, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> another example of a team at the top. Uh, Detroit is becoming a really good team. Do they, they don't have a quarterback. It's, it's, it's just, we're getting to the point where it's just not as much of a factor. It helps tremendously as a multiplier, but do you need it? No. If you have it, does that automatically make you an elite team? No. And that's not even factoring in the part about, is Rodgers even that dude? Which is a separate question. He just threw 
good in his scriptures. Out of his own end zone. Ah! <laughs> oh, that's amazing. He's like, hey, uh, there's a guy not on my team. Let me throw it to him. Yeah, okay, I guess his arm got hit, but what a crappy. <laughs> Are you talking about the Vikings game? I'm not even sure what we're talking I don't remember Cousins throwing a pick out of his end zone, but I watched about 50% of that game, so I'm not sure. I I do, however, want to do, if not a full-on laughing at the enemy with the Vikings, because of what happened to them, um, something at least in miniature fashion, because that was awesome, because they lost. Sorry, maybe hit a bad button there, and you would have got a bounce, but I'm here now. Um, again, <laughs> same night, I've been listening to y'all. Phil just came on, and he was talking about the, the workings of Brett Favre comparatively to Aaron Rodgers. Goes around the... Uh, the 52-and-a-half-minute line. And I'm only putting it out there because that person might be listening, and I think they should know they get to hear that I'm talking about them. And I agree with them totally. The, I think most of, what of us, most of us out there listening are in the here and now and don't realize what the Packers are as a historical team and how they move as a historical team. And, Ryan, I know you talk about it, but there are a lot of times you don't put it into play. You just kind of throw it off to go back to what the now is. That's my opinion. I'm going to stick with it. Don't have time to debate it with you because i got three minutes, two minutes. be honest, I don't know what that means, man, but I will work on that. Really? The team has a bad habit of putting the player first because we are not like other teams. Our team is run ostensibly by the fans. And 31 other teams can say that isn't true because there's an owner group that says we're going to do what we want to do. But that isn't what the Green Bay Packers are because ostensibly we are fan-owned team. So the people making the decisions are fans. They have a different interest compared to other owners because, hey, ready? Well, the Packers have a board of directors, and at the head of the board of directors is Mark Murphy, and that's essentially what makes decisions and figures things out. The fans donated money to the team to help them build stuff. It's kind of how that works. Trying to take my time here. Clock to the kick off. I got a minute left. But other owners can say, hey, this isn't working well, but it's good enough now that I can sell it and make a bunch of money. And our owners can't do that. So our owners look at the team and try to look at how the team can be best financially capable, i.e., we are in the playoffs. Super or not. You know, I do wonder. Um, again, the fans don't really make those decisions. In fact, if it ever came down to a vote, I'm pretty sure, not positive, but but almost positive, the fans don't get any vote. It would come down to strictly the board of directors. There would not be a, a you know, 
committee vote or a democratic situation. I do wonder, in terms of selling the team, how that works. Um, I know it's, well, that would never happen. I'm, I'm just curious the logistics of it. If there was a buyout, I don't think, because there's no ownership on the board, that there would be any anything that they would get from it. Because again, they aren't owners, just like in reality, the fans also aren't actually owners. If, if they were, then if the team were sold, we would get a cut of it. We would get $0. Um, how would, is, is it the city would get a, a, a sum or how would that work? I don't know. The board of directors manages the team for who? I don't know. I don't really know how that structure works. But I, I guess the only question I would have, and I'm, I'm getting away from what you're talking about, but I'm, whatever. Is there any incentive to anybody on planet Earth, with the exception of the buyer, I'm talking about as a seller, to sell the team? To anybody that would be involved in the decision to sell the team, is there any positive whatsoever for them to do so? Just wondering. I don't know how that works. I should look into it. We're in the playoffs because then we get more games. We get more revenue. We get more notoriety. We get more talk. I think that's a big part of how the team works. And I think that's something that people should consider as Packer fans. It's what we do. Have a good night, Packer fans. I think this is the last one for me. Uh, Steve calls in one, two, three, four, five, six more times. So that was... <laughs> That was not the last one. Um, yeah, but, but, but I do agree with the, the larger point that profit is the motivation for owners. Now, two caveats here. Number one, it doesn't necessarily have to be a profit motive. It's entirely possible that you can, for example, if you won the lottery and had the ability to buy the Packers and decided to do so, would you run it strictly with a profit motive? Or would you do it with the intention of, of winning football games? I think you do it with the intention of winning football games. The second caveat is the most revenue you will earn is through winning. So, you know, there, there are situations or, or um, things that are done or, or seemingly done. I've heard, you know, for example, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel was drafted because it put butts in the seats, right? The Browns owner is short-sighted and knew that that would put butts in the seats and get me instant revenue. Rather than let's do what we can for the long-term slow build. It also probably has something to do with, you know, there is a an element of not wanting to get pushback from the fans. And sometimes, you know, we're talking short-sightedness here, you know, long-term, What's best for your pocketbook is to have a successful franchise, and if that means pissing off your fans because they're idiots and don't know what they're talking about and want you to do what's best for today and not tomorrow, and you don't have the backbone to look them in the face and say, I don't care what you think, I'm going to build a successful franchise here and not just worry about this year, and you guys can just stuff it, you know, that that's sort of the, the concern or, or the assumption is that owners do that, or just that they're completely inept, but generally speaking, I don't think it's entirely true that it has to be entirely profit motivated, but even if it is, I do think the, the absolute best way to put the most money in your, in your pocket is to, to win, right? 
winning is going to give you more fans. Winning is going to put more butts in the seats and sell more tickets and sell more hot dogs and, and cups of $15 beers. Winning is going to get you money in the postseason. Winning is going to get you bigger TV deals. Winning is going to get you that big Super Bowl, which comes with a big fat paycheck. Winning makes you money. Losing makes you poor. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I am very anti-owner. I, I don't agree with the fans saying that we should get an owner. But I also think some of the anti-owner sentiment, not that it's necessarily wrong to be anti-owner, but I think some of the arguments made against it are not necessarily true, right? We, we always see them as these evil entities because they're rich and they just do everything that is all profit. And we just assume that that's always negative, right? Where, where you're just going to burn this to the ground for money. Well, you don't get money by burning it to the ground. You don't get money by losing games. That's not a thing that happens. Um, there, again, there can be scenarios where you're being short-sighted and trying to get an early return or trying to find ways to make money or or just overlooking and, you know, for example, the Johnny Manziel thing. It's not like you knew he was going to be trash. You hoped that he would be good. But as an owner, you're like, hey, this is going to get us a lot of publicity, a lot of butts in the seats. And so you push your GM to draft him. And your GM says, I don't know. I don't think he's the guy. And you say, you know what? Are you 100% sure he's not the guy? Because if you're not 100% sure, I want you to draft him, period. And so he's going to do what he can, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I think it's a little more nuanced in both ways, but I am, as an official stance, anti-owner. Because uh, at the end of the day, I only want the only influence to be winning football games. I don't want there to be any other influence. I don't want it to be these hoity-toity relationships that you have with celebrities and politicians. I don't want it to be, you know, I don't want you to have a separate business, like I said, with the Fords, where they have this obviously massive, and, and and massive does not even encompass how big the company is, but you have this massive company and you take a, a trusted associate from your business and say, hey, go run this uh, little branch of our business down here called the Detroit Lions. And he kind of does his thing, but he doesn't understand football. Like, I don't want that. I want the team to be football people who are good at football stuff, building a great football team, understanding the incredible history of the football team that we have. And that's the only thing I want. Nothing else. By the way, I apologize for this getting out to you late. Um... Had to run upstairs because my wife had to leave and go somewhere. I didn't realize she wouldn't be back until uh, 9.30 at night. So, In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Uh, anyways, let's continue. All right, maybe my friend wasn't talking about uh, venomous animals in the water. <laughs> if all you really have to worry about is uh, uh, getting bit by a black widow, you're, you're doing all right on land. 
talk about New Zealand. Sorry. I just heard your podcast, so. But, uh, uh, another thing I wanted to go about over, or at least talk about, um, so Tom Brady comes from behind last weekend, wins a game. Everyone, oh, Tom came from behind. That's why he's the best. Did Aaron Rodgers not come from behind last week and win the game and everybody still says he sucks? Like, it's just, I don't know. I think it's dumb. We're pushing people up for doing the same thing that people were putting down for. You know what I mean? That's <clears throat> just, I just don't. I think it's just dumb. Call Aaron Rodgers trash or say he's horrible and then Tom Brady's the best and they both did the exact same thing. So, anyways, have a good one. Later. Yeah, I mean, first of all, nobody should be talking about Tom Brady this year. I mean, Tom Brady has been not Tom Brady, right? I mean, I, I see, I caught myself. I was going to say Tom Brady's been trash too, but that's. Same with Rodgers. No, they've been okay, but they're not. Clearly, it's not the same. Something is off. Don't know what it is, but it's not Tom Brady. So, yeah, getting into like, oh, man, he that's why he's the GOAT. Um, and, and I'm not sure. I'm assuming you're talking about the New Orleans Saints game. I have no idea. But you're talking about 17 points, 17 freaking points. And by the way, they just played the 49ers and lost 35 to 7. Where was Tom in that one? Do you know they haven't scored 35 points this entire year? The odds of them coming, if they, if they had come back, let's just say somehow at some point, that would have been the highest score they've had all year. This is the 28th ranked offense in the NFL. Now, is that all, Tom? Probably not. But um, if it's everybody else's fault, it's largely the same offense. You know? I mean, it's... I know they've had some issues with the offensive line and all that kind of stuff, but um, similar to the Packers, if you try to pin it on any one thing, or the Bears for that matter, well, it's because we don't have a good offense. We don't have the – come on, man. It's not one thing. It's it's uh, it's a lot of different things. But, you know, one of those things is the quarterback. It's true in Green Bay. It's true in Tampa Bay. True in probably most cases with teams that are just playing in the gutter. Teams with elite quarterbacks, not usually in the gutter. Even the Chargers, like I just talked about, I don't know if it was this episode or the one for tomorrow, but even the Chargers, they're 7-6, and six, you know what I mean? At least they have a winning record. I guess Tampa's not really in the gutter. I mean, they're 6-7, and seven, but point is, this isn't Tampa, and Tom isn't Tom. Now, I do think, I'm not sure, but I, I think there is something to the clutchness factor to Tom Brady that isn't true of Rod. I mean, statistically, but I'm I'm not sure, and I'm not going to look into it. It's already running late. But yeah, I mean, I I think people just what you're arguing with is sort of just laziness. It's a lazy narrative, right? Tom had a comeback. Tom's a comeback king. That's why Tom's the best. Bro, it's 17 points, and it's the second week in a row they've only scored 17 points. It's one of the worst offenses in all of football, and you're bragging about it. And by the way, it's the Saints, dude. Saints are four and nine. We're gonna throw a parade because you beat a team. You scored more points than the team that scored sixteen. Whoa, man! For let me end with this. There is a long list of reasons Brady is the goat, and I will concede that Brady is the goat. I've given up on that on that battle. Beating a four win team seventeen to sixteen is not on the list. All right, Steve, what else you got for us, man? Hey, Ryan. Don't know if you want to put this one on the show, but I'd like to 
set this out there. It's hard to tell um, so far. I like to support the show. I like to be a, a contributing financial member, but I do not like to do the online giving somebody else my, you know, personal information and then get harassed more by them. Especially as a private business owner, I get harassed by plenty of people. Um, if there is a alternate option that you could set up where people could just send you finances some way directly to you, however you want to report or not report them is, is what you want to do. I mean, I get tips. I report my tips. Ish. <laughs> so, um, you put this. Did you just swear? <laughs> Google said you didn't. I'm like, there's no way. He's talking about giving donations. I can't tell if he did or not. And then you started laughing. I was like, I bet he did. On the show, and I'll put this on the show. I prefer you didn't. But um, it's only funny because I have no idea how that even fits with what's going on. Hey, man. I'd, I'd like to support you and, and help you out because I like what you do and like to keep you doing it. But I, I don't really want to deal with the online paying process. If you could look into another way of doing that, I'd be all about it. Thanks so much, man. Have a good one. Bye. I appreciate it. And and I doesn't need to be on the show, I guess. Um, I guess the problem with not doing it online is that the only other option I can think of would be to mail money to my house. You ever see that show um, where the people had a home? I think they were not super well-off people somewhere down in Texas. And uh oil company found oil on their property and uh, drill on their property and pay them insane amounts of money. And they call it mailbox money. I mean, they literally, I think they would go to their, not positive, but I'm pretty sure they would go to their mailbox and there would be six figures in the mailbox. And I think that was, I don't know if it was weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, or I think it was, I think it was weekly because they were multi, multi, multi-millionaires. Um, and you figure that would be, if it was $100,000, it'd be only $5.2 million. So very under, very reasonable that it would be uh, six figures, I guess, or, or, or believable, possible, doable. Anyways, uh, yeah, six figures sitting in your mailbox. So yeah, if you want to send a check for $100,000, I will give you my address. How does that sound? I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I can't really think of anything that isn't online. Could do... Uh, what is that thing? Oh, I got scammed using it once. <laughs> it's not like a money order. It's a, it's a thing. It's a name. Not UPS, but you go to like a gas station and you fill out a form and you give the people your money. I think at the gas station and then it's basically like wiring money. Maybe it is wiring money. I don't know. I think it was only like $100, but at the time it may as well have been like ten grand, or at least 1000 Lo and behold, his house got raided. Brr, brr, brr. Sure it did, buddy. Freaking liar. Oh, and another thing I've thought about, I've been thinking about that I don't think I've heard anyone say anything about. Next year, our schedule is going to be so easy. We're either going to play the second or third third ranked team, team from all the NFC and then one That's of true. the AFC divisions. That's true. Dude, it's going to be, we're, we have a good shot if we get just a little bit better on get better on defense we need to get a lot better but just improve a little bit to what we're doing on offense and special teams 13 and four is be easy next year anyway see it. 
It's a good point. We usually have to face the uh, tougher teams, tougher strength of schedule because we are the top dog in our division. Um, but being probably third, yeah, definitely third. I think I don't think the Bears can pass us at this point, especially with their schedule. Being third in the division means we're going to have uh, easier schedule than we've had in a very long time. So yeah, if we can turn this thing around, that'd be pretty dope. I'd be all right with that. Okay, I had to do one more. Because Tom brought up the bottom of the water thing. You still got four after this. And I, I, I bottom of water is so stupid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so stupid. I've never heard anybody agree with me on that in my entire life. I go on tirades about it, and everybody looks at me like I'm a freak of nature. Like, who doesn't drink bottled water? I don't know. I don't know. I never saw anybody drink bottled water in my entire life. Then it becomes a thing, and everybody's just like, oh, yeah, everybody drinks bottled water. No, no, no. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not being convinced that you can't survive without bottled water when I've never had a bottle of water in my life up until what? I don't even know how old I was. I was old. As an old, grown-up child. I've, I've been in, I'd say, at least a handful of moments where it was nationally televised, holy crap, the world is just crapping on this part of the planet, and I was there. And what? as it was coming, people bought bottled water like it was going out of style. Oh, okay. And all I could think of was, how stupid is this? Just just because we might have a moment of problem doesn't mean you don't have. If you have a home and you live in it, yeah, and you have a water heater, yeah, that heats your water, and you stand next to it, and it's five feet tall by two feet wide, uh-huh. how much water is in it? You don't need to buy bottled plastic water when you can take water out of your water heater. That is no longer running, of course, because, oh, my gosh, we're in an epidemic and the power's out, whatever's happening, I don't care. I remember during Y2K, just to add to this, um, my stepmother, stepfather, step-step-grandfather said, uh, fill your bathtub tonight, whole world's going to crap or however he phrased it, probably didn't say that. He was uh, highly religious. By highly religious, I mean he was kind of a, a jag-off that um, went to a Catholic church, but that's a separate issue. Um, but yeah, he, he told us to uh, to fill up the bathtub, which we didn't do because my dad, uh, although he was like, oh, yeah, 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 for sure, because he didn't want to argue. He's non-confrontational or whatever, but... We didn't fill our bathtub and didn't need to. But yeah, you, you if you genuinely believe the world's coming to an end, Getting the equivalent of a couple gallons worth of water in the form of a bunch of tiny little water bottles, probably not the most efficient way to do that. Even if you fill your entire bathtub and drink your entire hot water heater, I don't know if that's enough. But whatever it is you're filling your cart with, that certainly isn't enough. I mean, (laughs) just just to use your example, let's just say we used a bathtub or a hot water heater. You take all that water. Let's say you filled your car. What do you fit in there? Like six water bottles? Call it seven, eight, nine. Take all that water and dump it into your hot water heater. That thing's not even half full. You're not getting very much water. So yeah, in in, in the case of a national crisis also, dumb. It's dumb. You need to drive 
to a store and try to get a couple cases of uh, for what? I mean, I guess it's I guess it's more, right? If this goes on forever, we will die of thirst like I don't know, a couple weeks later than everybody else. So it'll be like a year and two weeks as opposed to a year. So that's cool. I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand people. You have water in your house. You don't need to buy bottled water when you were drinking water out of your tap the day before you heard that news. There is so much water in this country, in most places. Not every place. I glance at it. Not every place. But in most places. There's so much water in this country, and we have so much water sitting in our homes. If you need to wash dishes, scoop a gallon of water out of the back of your damn toilet. I know that sounds so <laughs> gross. Boil it. Not the bowl that you poop and pee in, but the tank out the back. Boil it. Wash your dishes. What's the difference? What's, what's crazy about that? I'll drink water out of the creek around my house. Of course, I live in Alaska, and it's a totally different thing, but people, water. You know what you should do is bottle the water in your backyard and slap a fancy label on it and tell people it's from Alaska, and they'll think that they're doing great things and drinking really great water. And it's not. It's, it's from a creek full of fish poop. Don't make me crazy about water. And... On the sideline, you don't have to buy all the toilet paper in an entire store. <laughs> We're going down a whole other path here. But yeah, that's that's also true. That was that was a weird thing. Why toilet paper? Why? I mean, well, I, I guess I get it, right? The, the, the toilet paper kind of started running out, and then people panicked, and then they started buying crates of toilet paper, and then that's the panic caused the problem, which is kind of hilarious in and of itself, right? The problem isn't the problem. The panic of the problem was the problem. You bunch of psychopaths freaking out because somebody on TV told you to freak out is the problem. Freaking relax. Okay? Relax. Because you're afraid that toilet paper is going to be gone when you don't use more than... Oh, don't do it. What? Don't do it. Toilet rolls a week? Okay. Goodbye. I thought you were going to go all Cheryl Crow on me and be like, you just need one little square, and I was going to end this call. I mean, it's over anyways, but I, I'm, I'm, I was about to just – we weren't going to do the rest of your calls, Steve. That's all I was going to say. Okay, I'll talk to you. All right, bye. Whew, that was scary. I thought we were going to end on a really bad note there. Like, dude, don't be telling people that. I occasionally meet people, and when I do, I try to be polite and shake their hands, and I don't want to start a precedent, okay? I just don't. I can't do that. Dan from Indy, the Vikings are the most fraudulent team ever. That is all. I think you might be right. Um, I heard during the game after they got spanked by the Lions, and and I don't want to underestimate the Lions. I, I think that's a legitimate thing that they're doing right now. But they had said something to the effect of they had won nine games, possibly even 9-0 and in one-score games. Here's the thing. The Vikings' whole issue is that they have a terrible record in one-score games. And that was the case that many Vikings fans made um, for them being better than what people think and, and why they may be a really good team this year, although it you know, could just be another year 
like every other year. But if they could just win those one-score games, they'd be in a much better position. Well, this year they are, I mean, they they are, what's the word? Uh, provably is not a good word, but it's a it works. Objectively. They are objectively fraudulent. It's not an opinion. It's not a, it, they seem like they are actually, really, provably, objectively fraudulent. And you say, well, how could you be fraudulent? Your record is what you're right. I'm not disputing the record. The record is the record. I'm not even arguing that they shouldn't have that record. The record is fine. It is what it is. My issue, not even an issue, the, the, the statement I'm making that is 100% correct is that their record is not an accurate reflection of the quality of their football team. And we know this to be true in a lot of different areas. For example, and this would be a bad year because Rodgers is struggling, but let's say in the past, let's go back to pretty much any year in Packers history since Rodgers has been the quarterback. Let's say we were 9-0 and and Rodgers busted his leg and he was done for the year. We go into that football game the next week. Are we going to be favorites or underdogs? It's a completely different thing, but the point is, the record doesn't prove what you are. The record is, is there is some general correlation between your record and how good you are, but you, they're not inseparable. They're two separate things, and I don't know that record. That's why I, I use things like point differential. I think point differential is a better metric, just like DVOA is a better metric than your record is for showing how good of a football team you are, and if you use those things, Guess what it tells you? Minnesota's not that good. Here's, here's an example. Right now, the Minnesota Vikings have the second best record in the NFL. They're tied with Kansas City and Buffalo. Pretty amazing stuff, right? If you go by record, that would mean they're the second best team in football, especially when you factor in there's been no major catastrophes. They didn't lose their quarterback. They didn't lose their best player or players. In fact, I don't think they've lost any of their best players. In fact, I can't remember them losing even a single good player. I'm sure they have. I, I just, nothing comes to mind. So based on their record, they're the second best team in football. Based on point differential, they rank 14th with a negative one point differential. Still, to this day, with a negative point differential. We laughed at them a while ago for having that. They still have that. DVOA is even more damning. DVOA has the Minnesota Vikings. Because remember, this is not just looking at things like point differential. This is also looking at the strength of your win, as well as the strength of your opponent. They have the Minnesota Vikings ranked 21st, below the Green Bay Packers, who they have 15th. If you look at weighted DVOA, which is to say, if you if you kind of eliminate, I shouldn't say eliminate, but the older games mean less, the newer games mean more. It's a, it's a better picture of what you are today, as opposed to just looking at every single thing you've done equally. The Minnesota Vikings rank 23rd, the Packers rank 14th. According to DVOA, which is not just some garbage metric, it's significantly better than than looking at your record or whatever other stats I'm sure Minnesota fans would love to throw in our faces. According to them, Minnesota isn't even an adequate team. They're not even a mediocre team. They are a bottom 10 team in the NFL. I just looked this up right now. Let me double check to make sure that this is all... Correct. Do you know how many teams in a 13-game span have won 10 games and have a negative point differential? One. Assuming this is set up right, got all my search criteria in here correct, 13 games, 
10 wins, negative one point differential. One result, Minnesota 2022. You could make a case that this is the most fraudulent team. (laughs) Actually, I have a way of proving it. I can just remove the search query for point differential, and it gives me an entire list of every single team that in 13 games had at least 10 wins. The worst point differential in NFL history is the 20, uh, with the, until today, until right now, was the 2004 Atlanta Falcons with a point differential of 15. Since you guys helped me with such tweetable uh, material, let me tell you what I just looked up and, and tweeted out if you didn't already see it, which I'm guessing you didn't because I'm hopefully posting this soon after I tweeted it. 277 times in NFL history has a team won at least 10 games in their first 13. The Vikings are the first ever to have a negative point differential, the worst in history prior to the Vikings with the 2004 Atlanta Falcons with a point differential of 15. The average is 130. So, uh, yeah, that is correct. Whether or not you are being flippant or um, factual, the Vikings are the most fraudulent team ever is probably a true statement. Man, I'm feeling like such a jerk. But I'm going to tell you what. I hope you're not calling back to Cheryl Crow, me, man. You're talking about, yeah, water my house. We're at the, we're, <laughs> we're still in the gods, or Greek gods, and it's the end of it. It's Tom talking about his water. And, and man, there's a, a river that runs by my house. I've heard about that. And I will just walk over to it and scoop my hand into it and drink the water. And it is delicious. That's why you're a man, Steve. That's why you're a man. Why you're a man and I'm not. Because I don't drink out of a river. I drink out of a sink. Like a little girly boy. It's the most amazing water. It's so tasty. I didn't know I was going to set off such a firestorm by talking about water. I look upstream and there are nothing but mountains. And then- Is there a moose, though? Because if, if there's not a moose at the end of your stream, you're not in Alaska. I don't know if you knew that. There's not a home. There's not a settlement. There's not a community. There is not a nothing beyond me and where that water comes from. It is amazing. And I would just drink. You looking for a roommate, Steve? Just wondering. Just wondering. That water. <laughs> People that think it's got to come out of a plastic bottle are fools. Fools. So- Your problem is you live in a city and you're so dependent on the city. You have to depend on somebody bringing you something they haven't screwed up and made awful. Water. Ugh. <laughs> Good. To be fair, I don't like the taste of bottled water. So I feel like they kind of screw that up. But that's my opinion. Everybody else thinks I'm wrong. Clean. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm going to let you go because, you know, none of you get it. By the way, Ryan... You're still welcome to come up here and hang out. There it is. And, and, and check out Alaska because I think you would enjoy it. You know, this is a couple of years ago I mentioned to you, but you'll do it one time. One time, bud. Try it. I will, uh, one of these days, I'm more certain than not that I will hit you up on that. How's that sound? More certain than not. Speaking of the man himself, let's see what Tom has to say. I hope he's calling to talk about water bottles. Hello. Hey, it's Tom. Thomas. How you doing, man? So I called... Uh, a few days ago, Here it comes. talking about my rebuild Madden franchise. Oh, dang it. And so that got me to thinking, um, 
what's the average lifespan in the NFL for a head coach? And uh, funnily enough, it's about four years. Yeah. And, well, this is year four for LaFleur. I'm so glad you looked that up because 99.999% of the time, which is to say you're the only person ever, people ask that question and then just stop talking and expect me to go look it up, and then I feel compelled to do so. So I appreciate you doing that legwork for me. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. It doesn't matter, but thank you for doing that. All right, I like that. Um, but I was I was just thinking, like, how crazy it is that it's only four years and apparently, if you go to the Super Bowl and don't win, it doesn't change all that much compared to if you don't get in at all. It's like the difference between 64 games and 60 games, and that's including the playoffs, which is kind of wild. I don't know. It's an antidote. doesn't mean anything. And... And the anecdote. I'm gonna try. Anecdote. Anyway, I think. Uh, doesn't mean anything in the long term scheme of things, but it's just a fun little thing. All right. Yeah, um, it's even crazier when you factor in how many guys have been in the league forever. I mean, how much does Mike Tomlin throw off the average? <laughs> you know, how much does Andy Reid throw off the average? So if the average is four with those guys floating around, you have to assume that probably most coaches, if you remove the those extremes and, and you just told people what to probably expect, year or two, you got about a year or two. We'll give you a year, and then we'll maybe give you another year if you're if you don't completely turn this thing around. Probably get another year. If you don't get it turned around again, you are 100 percent gone. Which, by the way, is why I've started talking about Matt Lafleur. I'm 99 percent sure he's not getting fired this year. But the question of is he on the hot seat is a very real question, because this is his year, his one year, of things not going well. If there's a second year. You got to start asking serious questions. And as stupid as it sounds now, how dare you? He has won 13 games three years in a row, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, two years of losing records. You don't think there's going to be screaming and calls for fire him? Sounds crazy now. Just saying. Um, Since it's super late, um, I would say let's bounce back to Steve, but um, we've got two calls about water bottles already. I think I'm just going to end it here. Um, I got to get this posted. It's already after 11 o'clock. I was going to say we'll leave it short, but I think 45 minutes is sufficient. You guys have a good night, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.